This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. So thanks a lot. Hey, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn a little verse I want to teach for a few minutes out of Proverbs. Uh, maybe you have it on your phone or you just want to write this down. Then we'll look at a little verse in Timothy. I want to talk for a few minutes uh, about an equation that I believe um, has the potential uh, to change the, the course of life and relationships. And I want to talk about this equation of life plus generosity equals freedom. Life plus generosity equals freedom. Uh, I turned 53 this past summer. And so the older you get, sometimes you'll want to reflect. And so I keep a journal. I'm keeping a journal right now. In, every day I'm in my journal, writing things down, reflecting, thinking about decisions. And, and what do we do different? And how do we become the family that we need? How do I be a better husband? And how do I sort through leading people and helping to build the church and serving pastors? And, and you write down, you know, list of adjustments you need in your life and, and change that needs you in your life. And the other day I wrote down this list, which I think is a good practice. What are the best decisions I've ever made in my life that are in impacting my life today. And I wrote down three of them. The first one was when I said yes to Jesus Christ. So I was not raised in church. I would have never showed up at church. We just weren't, that was not in our thought. So the church did an outreach and because the small church did an outreach, there was something about the way they handled themselves and they had expressed the gospel and they loved and they cared because I've not seen that. I'd seen a lot from the church, but it was not appealing to me. And so the way they handled themselves and did their outreach uh, caused me to, to connect. And I gave my life to Christ in 1982. And then uh, the second best decision I ever made was uh, asking Delinda to marry me. And so who you do life with, whether you, it's single, single again, your blended family, uh, your second marriage, whatever that context is, uh, that is so important who you do life with. That's why connect groups are important. Being a part of God's house is so important. And so, uh, but the funny thing, I fell in love with my wife when she was in like with me. And so it's no fun saying, I, I love you. I, I love you. Thanks. It's great. It's awesome. Let's go to Burger King. Let's go by Burger King. And so I was doing a lot of love, and she was doing a lot of like. And uh, if, you're, if, you, if that's happened to you, hold up, my brother. Stop the bus for a second. And, 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 but eventually she fell in love and, and got a glimpse of what, what's happening here. And, and so she, <laughs> there's a whole lot of happening, too, I'm telling you right now. Can, can I just be honest for a second? The other day, me and my wife were getting We have the same closet. We, we used to have separate closets, which is a great idea. And so now we have one closet. She wanted one closet. She put leopard print carpet in our closet. So my closet is, is in a leopard print closet and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so the other day, we were getting dressed in our closet, and we were both getting ready. And she looked at me. She said, you know, you know how much I love you. I'm just crazy about you, my Italian man. She said, but one of us has gained 70 pounds since we got married. The other one has gained seven. I said, girl. You carried 70 well. Look at you. <laughs> Love the way you're carrying that 70. Glory to God. More of the story, have yourself two closets. <laughs> so third best decision I ever made was uh, when I planted myself and I made a decision after I came to Christ. I'm telling you, it's impacted everything. It, it, is, it is when I, I said yes and I got planted in, in the local church. When I made a decision that I was not going to be a consumer, I was going to be a contributor. Got involved with a little church, and, and my pastor would teach one verse every Sunday around the offering time. 
which I had no context what tithing and offerings were. We didn't come up in that, that language. And so he would teach this verse, and I love this verse. It's one, of my, it's one of those verses that I read that helps me reset my soul and my heart. So I think you need some of those. It's Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, and it says, Give freely and become more blessed. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I'm glad at a young age that my pastor taught us that. And he was a confronter. and He had a little angry preach on him every once in a while. And he, you know, he'd have a little angry eyebrows and he'd, he'd you know, get a little long, get a little loud. And it was a small church and he'd try to run us off every Sunday. I don't know why. He'd just, just try to run us off. He'd just preach forever. And, and, but he would confront us. He was a confronter. He would just tell you. And he didn't do it in private or, come here, let me talk to you for a second. He had only had an outside voice. And, and so in the foyer of the church, he would just confront you. And one time he stopped me. I was 19 years old. I was loving life. I'd give my life to Christ. Skateboards, surfboards, new car, clothes, just enjoying myself. And, and he stopped me one day. He said, son, I'm watching your life. I'm seeing the blessing on your life, seeing all that God is doing. And I remember he looked at me. He said, one day God's going to use you to be a generous person, but you're going to have to deal with some things before you get there. He said, because you're not a giver. And it hurt my feelings, but I was glad he was willing to hurt my feelings so that I could find some freedom in my life. And he taught me this idea of generosity. In the foyer of the church at 19 years old, he looked at me and taught me the principle of the tithe. You give God first that 10%. And, and not only that, he taught me about offerings, that you listen to the Lord and you respond and you help other people and don't be about yourself and all those different things. And I look back over my life and even though he was an angry preacher, he's a different kind of guy, he knew some things that I didn't know. He knew that marriage and friendship and leadership and trying to be an entrepreneur, trying to power other people, trying to, trying to build teams. He knew that all those things would fall short if I didn't understand the, the equation of life plus generosity equals freedom. Because he, he knew the opposite of that, which is life plus greed equals bondage. So he knew those things. He knew some things I didn't know. And, and I saw that, that take place throughout my life and continue even to this day. Of Lord, let me live a generous life. Help me to be aware. Help me to be a, awake. Help me to be present. Help me to be fully there. Help me to notice what others don't notice and see what others don't see and hear what others don't hear so that I can live a life of generosity to the poor and to the broken around me in this world. I know that's the heart of this church. That's the heart of, of your pastors through giving hope and a hundred ways where you partner and you help and, and, and we give our resources to make a difference in our life. It's a freedom. I love the writings of Paul. Uh, Paul the Apostle Paul, he was always trying to help people. He's always trying to, you know, what we say down in the South, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Make it approachable. Put it in within reach. Paul was a person who would put things within reach. And so, and, and one of his favorite that he would talk to, I mean, he, it was on his, his, his favorites, was a young man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy was like a son. Even though he wasn't a natural son, we would call it a spiritual son. They had spiritual family. Come on. That's what Zoe is about. It's like spiritual family. It's like people that are family. They're not your blood, but you've been found in the blood. And so Paul had that relationship with Timothy, so he, would, he, would, he wrote him letters. And two of those letters, Timothy 1, Timothy 2, he wrote from a prison cell in Rome. 
And a couple years ago, I was asked to go and train pastors in Rome and went to Sicily and went to Milan and, and, and went to, uh, you know, uh, 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 the Tuscany area, went to Florence and would spend so much time in Rome just training and teaching, worked with some humanitarian groups with orphanages and, and, and helping the widows and things like that. And, and one of those trips I was on, uh, we had seen the Colosseum, we'd been to the Vatican several times, about the sixth trip, I remember telling the pastor I was with, I said, I want to go to Mamertine Prison because underneath it is where Paul was in prison. That's where I want to go. So he made some phone calls. Come on. Every Italian got a cousin. And so he got a hold of his cousin. And one of his cousins was security guard. And late in the evening when the tours were over, they brought us down, Pastor Chad, into the very bottom of Mamertine Prison. It's just right outside the Roman Forum. And we walked into this, this room. It was about eight feet. The ceiling was five feet. It was a low ceiling. And over against the wall was the stone column. And they said, on that column, history tells us that Paul pinned and and scribbled and and etched most of the New Testament right there. I get chills thinking about it. I remember going over there, and I I had one goal, and that was to read 1 Timothy and read 2 Timothy. I read 1 and 2 Timothy sitting in the place. It just meant something to me. And I remember coming to these words which have marked my life in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. Paul said this to Timothy, kind of wrapping up the letter. He says, son, don't forget to command those. That's a strong word. Who are rich. In this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Boy, isn't, is that not the temptation? To put our hope in wealth. But he cautions them. He says, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. And I love how he adds this because I think it's so important to know who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Nothing wrong with having stuff. You and I both know that the problem is when stuff has us. That's where everything gets, that's where marriages and friendships and relationships and, and our, our serving God and our, our being a part of things. Everything gets cloudy when, when things have us. So Paul's telling Timothy this as he's building this church, this movement. Then he says, here's the second word again, command. And Pastor Chad has taught you so well about the biblical structure that when you see double words, it's kind of like, you know, like holler, bold, yo, check it out. It's just like, hey, ah, I mean, it's a lot. It's, it, it just means noise. Look at this, look at this, look at this. So now we have a second word, command. And look at the command. Command them to do good. The Bible is commanding us to do good, to do good, to do, not just think good, not just hope good, to do good and to be rich, but rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. I mean, think about that. He's saying, I want you to be rich in good deeds. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning as I was reading it again. You know, we talk about, a lot about a person's net worth, but here Paul is telling Timothy to help people have a net work. A network, not just a networking, but a net work, your works. Uh, you know, we know that the Bible tells us that we are not saved by works. And sometimes we use that as an excuse, but the Bible is very clear that we have been saved for a work. And so it's teaching us here to be rich in good deeds, willing to share, and then watch this. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. What a great truth right here. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 
Your life can make a difference. You have something to contribute. There's something about the way you see things. There's something about the way you're moved. There's something about what you notice. And there's something about what you can share and how your generous is different than anybody else. There's a generosity on your life that's even different than the generosity on the person next to you. There's a uniqueness about your, there's a uniqueness about your compassion. There's a uniqueness about your work and your, and what you share, what you share, when you put it in circulation, it can circulate like no other person. I mean, my wife and I, we care about different things. We share different things. Uh, the other day, uh, there was a family in our church and, and this precious mom, uh, has a husband who has cancer. They have three children. And so she called me she said, I've just found out about it. I feel like we need to bring them a meal. Awesome. I got this. I'll run by after work, grab some Popeye's chicken, couple two liters, drop it off at the front porch, knock on the door and run. Come on. I'm a, I'll get him a 15 piece. I'll make sure there's biscuits in it. Come on, somebody. I even bring some biscuits with it. I'm going big time. I'm upgrading it like crazy. It's going to upgrade that thing with some biscuits. She said, shut your mouth and get home. Get home right now. Don't you dare. Get home right now. Yes, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I run home. We would would never do that. So she, for the next three days, plans this meal. She's on Pinterest. We're getting burlap sacks with logos on them and, 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 and paper towels and cups. And we're buying a lamb shank and some asparagus. And we're getting, uh, we're going to Whole Foods. It costs a lot of money to go to Whole Foods. And, we, you know, we're getting cinnamon bears and, 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 and chocolate that's like nice chocolate. And, and, and we're, we're, getting, we're getting a gift. We got a gift card to Carabas for later on during the week when they need something. We pack lunches for the kids for the next day. And I remember I was like, girl, this is overkill. I was going to catch Popeye's for like $35. We're $350 in. So we go over there. Cards. We walk in that house. She presents this to this family. Begin to weep. Just the the love. (laughs) Kids are pulling stuff out. Toys and cupcakes and heart sandwiches. It's Ziploc bags with a little note on the Ziploc bag. I'm going crazy. And at that moment, here's what I realized. She was being generous. She was in her thing. She was doing how God God made her that way. God put that in her. It's just not something she came. God made her that way. And she she was sharing. She was being generous. At that moment, I saw generosity in her life. And it was bringing freedom to someone else. Amen. That's living. That's the life that's truly life. Is we're willing to live with a generous heart Faithful in our giving. We're faithful in our tithe. We, we walk out of here and say, I know I've got a busy afternoon, but I'm, I'm grabbing that giving hope packet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go handle that this afternoon. Because I've always felt like when I sit at my Christmas tree on Christmas, I want to help somebody else to, to, to be a blessing in their life. That's the kind of church. That, you know, I wrote down three things that I want to give you. It's just some application, put some framework around this idea of being generous in the house of God and from the house of God. With, our, with, with all the things that God has blessed us with. And the first one is this, is to live as a steward. Boy, there's a freedom when you decide, 
uh, I'm not an owner, I'm a steward. If you're an owner, you got some stuff, you got some, especially if you got some stuff. That's a lot of stuff to own. But I've just decided in my life, here's what a steward means. It, it basically means that everything I have belongs to him. And everything I have came from him. So since it came from him, it belongs to him. Therefore, I'm going to hold it loosely. And my talent and my entrepreneur and my creativity and my idea and my degree and my work ethic and my pr- all these things, it all came from you, Lord. And therefore, I'm going to steward it to make a difference. You know, we use this word legacy. I'm going to steward it to leave a legacy where I can leave something that lives on beyond me. Where when I'm gone, the story continues in reaching the poor and and reaching those that are broken in their life. That's what this church is about. That when Zoe is over, the, the, the passion and the investment continues on. Beyond we could ever imagine. That's being a steward, not an owner. Lord, help me to be a steward of my life. Help me to let me, help me to not hold things too tight. How many is the tighter you hold things, the quicker they leave? Lord, help me just release them to you. Let me live like this. That my income and the gift on my life and my resource and my work and my ability, my influence. Lord, I'm just going to hold it right here for you. I'm going to give it to you. Here's the second thing is to live to be a sample. I just love that word sample. I just fell in love with that word sample. I like samples. Love free samples. Man, I'll tell you what. People giving out free samples, I'll take three. Thank you very much. I'm all about it. Don't send me to an ice cream store giving out samples. I'll leave full. won't even buy anything. I just love samples. I just love, I'm a sample kind of guy. And so the other day I was at a little store uh, down in Birmingham called Costco. So I got bumped up Sam's. And when, we, my wife, she had a list. My wife goes to the store with a list, like a heat-seeking missile. I go to a store to just enjoy myself and visit. I, I go to visit. So I'm, I'm walking around, you know, oh, a butterfly. I'm just touch distracted, and she's focused, getting, you know, tangerines and Purell. And, <laughs> and so... I walk by and I meet these people at the end of every aisle called sample engineers. My friend, they're from the Lord. Because they're just trafficking in calories. And so they, I, and and they have a conversation with you. It's awesome. They're like a concierge. And I walk by one of them. It's an elderly lady. She said, good morning. Well, good morning. She says, are you hungry? It's 945. What do you think? Of course I am. Brother Bernard Diesel. Oh, yes, I am. I'm... I'm what you got? Come close. She uh, come close. She says, "Let me present to you what we're giving to the wonderful people of Birmingham. We have some tortilla chips that they've been brought down from the mountains of Balise on on velvet laid llamas, and, and we've paired them with hakamoli from Nicaragua, and we put them with we put them on bedazzled barges, and we brought them to the shores of Birmingham. And here we're going to present it to you on a Vanity Fair napkin." Shut your mouth. I only get those at weddings, and I steal some and reuse them at the house. Don't even know me. And so she gives me this sample of a tortilla chip, and and I dip it, and I put it in my mouth, and it's like a fiesta. I've never had any experience like this. It's like a fiesta. I see Dylan. Dylan! We're going to Guatemala! Come here! 
And the lady looks at me. She says, did you enjoy that? Yes, I did. She says, would you like more? Yes. I, I take my cart now around to the side. There is an aisle of chips and tortillas and, and guacamole and avocados and spices. And, and I'm loading up my cart. Here's the amazing thing. It was only a sample, but a sample was enough to make me want more. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Some people only need a taste, just a taste of forgiveness and a taste of grace and a taste of mercy. I think we have this pressure that we got to be everything to everybody. There are so many people that are so starving for value and identity and help and truth. Just you sampling could change their life. Every time we give our tithe, it's a sample. Every time we do giving hope, every time we go to a small group, every time we join to be a green team, a dream team, every time we take a next step, we're all building a sample. For someone else that is starving. We live in a starving world. Amen. And then the last thing, and I'll finish with this, is the idea of to live surrendered. That's where I want to get. That's the struggle of where I want to be. Lord, I want to live my life as a husband and as a dad and as a friend to those that fight addiction and those that are poor in their life and those that their life is falling apart and those that are maybe on the outside, it looks, just looks so incredible. But on the inside, there's a pain and there's a struggle. Let me live my life surrendered so that I can be a blessing. And life plus generosity can not only bring freedom into my life, but it'll bring freedom to others. Can I tell you something? Your giving is just not about you, but it is about you. It's amazing when you become faithful in your time and in your treasure, your touch to other people, what it will do in your life. The freedom that it brings in other people's lives. When you begin to notice others. The other day I was in the Starbucks drive-thru and I was having one of those moments. I don't know if you ever have a day where you think about yourself a lot. You're sorting out your problems. I call it, I'm in my own head. I'm just Dino, Dino. My stuff, my money, my things. And I'm going through the drive-thru. I do not remember ordering. Here's the sad thing. I do not remember the exchange. Just a, a gift card, a phone, a coffee. I've, I've got Jesus on the inside of me. I'm, I'm a light and a life bearer, and I do not connect with another human. Sad. And I pulled up, and I was so fogged out in fixing and sorting and navigating that I, for some reason, Pastor Chad put my truck in park. I was just zombied out. Hear a knock on my window. Scared me. A guy said, hey, man, you're in the drive-thru line. I could hear him hollering at me through my window. And I'm not going to roll my window down. I don't, I don't know. Finally, he's laughing. He's, you're in the drive-thru. And I look around, and some people are, you know, giving me the one-way sign with, with some other fingers and hollering at me. I don't know how long I've been there. And I roll my window. I said, what are you? I said, who are you, the Starbucks, like, traffic police? And he said, he said no, man, I, I, I'm looking for a bus stop. He said, it's getting late in the day, and if I don't catch a certain bus, I've never, I got on the wrong bus, I'm not going to make it to the shelter. So tell me, he told me about the shelter he's at. He's at the foundry, and I know those people. And I said, well, it closes at 7. If you don't get down there, you're sleeping on the streets tonight. He said, yeah. I said, hey, jump in the truck. I'm going to give you a ride. So he jumps up in the truck. And now listen, I'm not a proponent of giving homeless strangers you don't know a ride. He was a small guy. I'm a big guy. I'm in my truck. I got the situation handled. I'm in charge of the situation. And so we, we drive, and we start talking. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Benjamin. I said, wow, Benjamin, that's in the Bible. He said, I know my mother tells me that. He said, what's your name? I said, my name is Dino. He said, man, that's in the Flintstones. 
He was like, yabba dabba do. He starts messing with me. How's Fred? Where Wilma at? You know, messing with me. And we laughing and messing with each other. Don't even know. We just messing. And we stopped by and get a little, 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 little meal, quick little to-go meal. And I got some stuff in the back of my truck. And I grab some stuff, give him a new pair of shoes and some things like that. And we get to the place, we pray, and I tell them about our Dream Center partnerships like you do here, helping people on the streets and those who found themselves at a bad place and, and get out of the car. And I, I ride off. I felt good. I felt good that God got my attention. I, and I, I prayed this prayer, Lord, thank you that you used me today to be a blessing to someone else. And the Lord, like he normally does in my life, he said, do you think I sent you to him? I sent Benjamin to you. He's the gift in this story. He's the main character in the story. You needed Benjamin in your life. Because life plus generosity equals freedom. Can I have a good amen? Come on, let's clap our hands if we believe that. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.